Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910 or 980 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. You can also catch us anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Just search The Rob O'Donnell Show. Listen whenever you want to listen. Download it. Listen on your way to work the next morning, the afternoon, when you're at the gym, whatever works for you. It's uh, 3.09 here in the studio. Record high today. What's my computer saying anyway? 76 degrees outside. And uh, soak it in. Because next week, if you look at the long-term forecast, it's not going to be the same next week. We're in the 40s and 30s next week. Rain, typical fall in northeast Pennsylvania. So soak in the next couple of days. Enjoy it. Get your last uh, bids of early fall. The vibe of summer with the temperature that's been out there, you know, it's crazy. Put my heat on a couple of days ago in the house for the first time, and I had my air conditioner in my truck on the way in today. So it's uh, just one of those times in northeast Pennsylvania. Just uh, blink your eyes and the weather will change. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. A uh, lot going on. We're going to talk... Later in the show about this shooting up in uh, Maine, I've been following it since it broke. I have friends who are in law enforcement up there. I have spoken with them. This has truly shook the area. I've been to this town, and uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the area. And, and to put it plainly, if you think parts of Pennsylvania are rural, Maine is just incredibly rural as far as tough terrain swampiness how wet it is the the mountainous areas the, the 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 thickness of their brush so you know we've had our own searches here in Pennsylvania for people that have been wanted here's someone who has some training some say extensive has served in our military knows weapons and uh, is a clear and present threat to everyone until he's he's caught or put down the latter would probably be more beneficial. And I don't care what your past is. I don't care what your history is. I don't care who you are. You target innocent people, you need to be put down like an animal. And uh, hopefully they track him down and do just that. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a lot of the, like I said, the area. I have been through this area. I know it well. Uh, Matter of fact, our United States Navy SEER school, survival Evasion, resistance, and escape school is located in Maine. Our East East Coast school, there's one in San Diego up in the mountains, and there is one just north of San Diego, and there's one in in Maine. And that's where we send our Navy SEALs, our pilots, you know, our people to learn in the tough terrain to live off the land. And that's where this person is possibly hiding out or fleeing into. So we're going to talk about the area. We're going to talk about what's going on there. And, you know, I saw a lot of the questions on why certain charges were levied so far and why not. So we're going to talk about that at the 4 o'clock hour. We're going to get in-depth. We're not going to you know, ignore what's going on up there. We're definitely going to talk about and get in-depth with it. We're also going to talk about uh, mass shootings in America. You know, there's a lot of misconception on what go on, goes on with that, the numbers and, and Any mass shooting is egregious. Any mass shooting, there's no reason to amplify falsely those numbers. 
There's truly not. And I'm going to go through what the standard for both the FBI and some media organizations, be it USA Today and the AP, have come together based off FBI standards for what mass shootings are. And we're going to go through them. And they're all tragic, every single one of them. But they're not what you're portrayed to believe is mass shootings. So we're going to talk about that in the 5 o'clock hour. And in between there, we're going to talk about some local news, what's going on here at home. There's been more uh, threats to our schools here, targeting our schools in Northeast Pennsylvania. So uh, you know, we're going to talk about that and a lot of other things coming up today. But I posed a question on my social media um, that I want you guys to also get involved with. Today, well, it's, it's, I don't know if it's today or not. I mean, we kind of settled on the two days. Today's, this weekend is my 28th anniversary. By the way, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. I am taking the day off for that anniversary weekend. My wife and I are going away. Spend some quality time together and with friends up in the Northeast. Actually, not too far from where this shooting's taking place, but on the New York side. But uh, we were married on this day. October 26th, 28 years ago, in City Hall in New York City. We lived in New York. We had to get married legally in New York City. And then two days later, in October 28th, we were married here in Northeast Pennsylvania in St. Catherine of Siena in Moscow by the, the late now very Reverend Father Finn, who was a family uh, friend and our, our family priest. Married my wife and I here in Moscow, Pennsylvania, 20, on the 28th, 28 years ago. So we kind of have two anniversary dates. And I put it out there on social media. So which, which is really our day? We, we've kind of recognized the 28th is our traditional holiday. That's the day we were married before the church. It's the day we were married before our family and friends. So we've kind of settled on the 28th as the day. But I guess legally... The 26th is our on what's on our certificate, on our marriage certificate. So, of course, my wife sends me the, the happy anniversary note this morning from work while I was preparing for the show. I don't think it's a win-win situation for me. So, yes, it's happy anniversary. And somebody posted, I said, which day do we celebrate our anniversary? And we want to kind of get it out there. And a friend of mine said, both if you're smart. And she's probably right. So I put it out there. What, which day would you consider your official anniversary date? And I know a lot of people say, hey, this is my birthday week or my birthday month. But what would you settle as yours? I mean, is it before the church, your family and friends? Is that your day? Or is it your, uh, the day you were officially dated on your license, the day we were married in City Hall? It was kind of a very quick ceremony. We walked in, had it done in front of a, you know, my friend who was my best man at both weddings, obviously. His girlfriend at the time, those were our witnesses. You know, we got married. It was said and done in less than five minutes. We were out, went out to dinner, and prepared to come to Pennsylvania to have our big wedding. And like I said, was married here in Moscow, Pennsylvania, at St. Catherine of Siena Church from uh, the late now Father Finn, who passed away uh, just the beginning of this year. It was sad to hear that and find that out. So, uh, you know, that's that's what that is. 28 years is a long time. A lot of marriages, if you look at the statistics, marriage just isn't lasting the way it is, especially with the new generations that coming in. 
So I looked up uh, marriage.com, the 21 key secrets to a successful marriage. And number one in that is be independent. Independence was rated extremely important to marriage, and you wouldn't think that. But you have to have your own identity. You have to have your own beliefs, your own likes, your own hobbies. You have to be happy with yourself before you can be happy in a relationship with someone else. So I get that. And again, this is from marriage.com. And number two is uh, be a good listener. Part of being a good listener is knowing when to talk and when not to talk. And for someone who makes a living now talking on the radio, it's a big thing that I learned early on. We have two ears and one mouth for a reason. Listen. Listen to what's going on around you. Input, input yourself when it's proper. You learn a lot when you listen to people. So, so I get that. Number three on that list is agreeing to disagree. You don't always have to be in alignment with your partner or anyone. We're not, we're not yes people. We shouldn't be yes people. I don't want to be married to someone who yeses me all the time, and I know you know, they wouldn't want me to just yes them to death. As a matter of fact, it probably angers her more than I do anything else when I just yes her to death. But part of agreeing to disagree and being a good listener is also knowing when not to answer questions. And that goes with number four, communicate. There are, there are questions, there are statements that are just better left unsaid. Like one of those, do I look fat in this dress type comment or how does this look on me? Or what do you think of this? I've literally just looked at her with a dead face and just shook my head like that. There's a no-win answer for me. So uh, I just won't. Number five on that list is forgive each other. It's very important. You can't hold grudges in a relationship, especially, you know, you want these things to go to long term. You want them to last. There is no reason to hold a grudge. There is no reason to get even, to get the upper hand on your partner in life. Regardless of who it is, regardless of who you're married to, who you're living with, who your common law partner is, I, I, it doesn't matter. Forgive each other. And that was number five on that list. Acceptance. Accept your partner for who they are, for what they do. You might not like a lot of the things, but a major relationship killer is lack of acceptance. It's a trait more commonly attributed to women known for their nagging. Remember, you married your partner for what he was then and now, even if we wanted them to change. It's not up to us to change them. It's not up to us or them to change to change us. Take responsibility is number seven on this list. It's hard to say, hey, I was wrong. I say it. She says it. Sometimes we say it both at the same time. Two people can be wrong at the same time. But it's good to acknowledge that. Remember, this is your partner in life, someone you want to spend the rest of your life with. As my daughter likes to say, uh, be careful, I'm the one who chooses which nursing home you go into. So, never taking the other for granted is again on that list. Date night, very important. I saw something the other day, the two for two for two, and I, I liked it. Every month you should go out on a date, or every week you should go out on a date. 
every month you should try and take a weekend and every year you should try and take two weeks to go away and do stuff so that that kind of gets into date night but compliments doesn't matter how long you're married 28 we're, we're together 31 years we're going to be 32 years in february we met in february of 1992. So. Looking through the list now. Don't be controlling. 15. There's no reason to be. There's a time for it and a time not to do it. But if you do it all the time. It's. Uh, it's not good. And there's a time to let them take the lead and be in control. And there's a time for you to take control. And that's based off your relationship dynamics. That changes. There's no way to nail that. I mean, relationships, like I said, just by raising children is nailing jello to a tree. There is no perfect, hey, here's the perfect script. Do this and you will win. It doesn't. It's ever-changing. It's like walking on lava. And you have to navigate that. But like I said, I will not be here tomorrow. So you'll have Sue Henry, the always eloquent Sue Henry will be filling in tomorrow from 3 to 6 to give you her thoughts on what's going on. I'm always uh, glad to turn over the reins to Sue when she's in, and I hear and feel great when I uh, hear that she was available to come in in my absence. So uh, treat her right tomorrow. She'll uh, lead you in the right direction, no doubt. It's 322 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio 326 here in the studio. And uh, you guys never disappoint me. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. Got, to, got a one or two about compromising, making it the day in between. But that's kind of not a day at all. But I, I, I hear what you're saying, but compromise. There's a great book that, that I've read through many times, it's from one of the FBI's top negotiators, and his book is called Never Split the Difference. And that would be Splitting the Difference, the 27th. And it's, it's, he gives very good point where you lose every time you split the difference. You think you're winning, but you're truly not. So if you're looking to ever read a great book that will help you in life, in everything you do, there's a great book out there for, uh, called Never Split the Difference. Um, the Jersey Devil says you can pick one to celebrate, but uh, forget the other one. But forget either one, I dare you, the Jersey Devil. So basically, make sure you don't forget either one. He said, uh, if you don't listen to your wife, you may end up wind up like me with two homes and twice the bills to pay for. And the most, the three most important words are, it's my fault. If it truly is, it is, but just don't say that to say that. So, got a text message uh, about the thoughts on the main mass shooter. We're going to be talking about that at 4 o'clock and the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, I do have a lot to say on that. So, we, we are going to get into that. But there's other things happening, specifically here in our area. Uh, Luzerne County schools plagued by threats announced closings and delays. And, uh, it, you know, it's happened again Thursday morning. Several area school districts announced closings. Wilkes-Barre area and the Dallas school districts, as well as the Lighthouse Academy, have announced closings. Lake Lehman, 
School district had another two-hour delay after reported threats. Dallas, like Lehman and Wilkes-Barre area schools, have already been plagued by anonymous threats this school year. Uh, Monday, there were threats. Dallas, like Lehman, Wilkes-Barre reported closing through to thre- due to threats. Schools in Luzerne, Lackawanna, Wyoming counties received threats on October 13th and last Thursday. And we've had a bunch more. So uh, it's something we definitely need to be aware of, but it's something we can't ignore. And, and I know it's troublesome, but it's that that cry wolf mentality where people, and it's been seen and documented in the past, these threats are done purposely at times, not these specifically. These are most likely nothing, but we can't treat them as that, especially this day and age with everything that's going on. I mean, look at look at what, you know, we'll tie it into the shooting in Maine, where if you look at some of the interviews that have already happened, some of the people thought it was a Halloween prank when the person first came in with a gun and started firing. You know, the bowling alley was decorated for Halloween. There are people, you know, it's that time of year celebrating, and they thought it was a Halloween prank. I saw at least two witnesses say the same thing, and if that delays you just seconds in a life-or-death situation like this was, and thankfully they've revised those numbers down in these situations, especially people who have never dealt with, even first responders who have never dealt with a mass casualty incident, you know, gets uh, flustered. You know, exaggerates numbers. And a lot of times, exaggeration is not bad. I've been to plenty of trainings throughout the nation where they always stated your initial response should be an exaggeration. Always ask for more. Always say that there's more to deal with at up front. When you're first. If you're not sure, ask for more to get those assets rolling because you can always scale them back. You can always call them off. So... You especially working in a major metropolitan area like New York City, they've always trained us side on the era of caution. If you think there's 10 or 20, you know, ask for 30 or 40 assets to deal with that. So a lot of time that's grabbed by the news, especially now in the, the, well, they've always listened to scanners and such like that and said, you know, they run with that. That's most likely where... 50 to 60 injuries came from early off in this uh, talk up there. But, you know, locally, we can't just negate these threats. We can try to mitigate them as best we can. We can try and minimize the loss of time and education for the schools, especially when it comes to the kids are involved. But you cannot just disregard these threats. They need to be researched. They need to be investigated. They need to be evaluated. And as time goes on, Local authorities will get better at doing that and faster at doing that, but you can't negate them because there are evil aspects out there that do just that till you become lackadaisical. And then all of a sudden they have an opportunity to really hurt you because you're you're ignoring the warning signs. And unfortunately, this day and age, we can't ignore any warning signs. It's uh, 3.32 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is uh, 3.39 here in the studio, 75 degrees and sunny. Get outside and get some you time in. See if you can get a – you work till 5 o'clock. See if you can get out a little hour early or something like that. It's uh, 
Got some personal time burning away in your pocket. Today's the day to use it because, you know, those cold, rainy days aren't no fun. So get outside. Go to a dinner on a patio somewhere. Go for a drink on a deck. It's one of the nice days to do that. Well, in Harrisburg, the Pennsylvania Senate, even though they remain divided over a proposal that asks for parental permission before students can view sexually explicit content at schools, in the end of the day, the majority of lawmakers, including 21 Republicans and one Democrat, approved the legislation, sending it to the House for consideration. Now, this is in Harrisburg. This is at the state level. The proposal's prospects in the lower chamber where Democrats control the legislative calendar by a razor-thin majority is unclear. Two defections could sway the balance in favor of the bill, even if the party as a whole rejects it as a worrying step towards censorship. Now, House Democrat leadership did not respond to a request from the Center Square news agency that uh, I'm getting this article from, for comment on the matter, but supporters remain shocked by the criticism, pointing to a broad standard across society that limits a minor's access to inappropriate sexual contact. Now, the Education Committee Majority Chairman Scott Martin recalled how video stores once concealed explicit materials in a room blocked by a curtain. Remember the video stores? How long ago was that? Now, Senate Bill 7 doesn't go that far, he added. It gives parents the choice to opt their children out of access to sexually explicit books, some that include graphic depictions or descriptions of oral or anal sex. What bothers me is that there are people who look at me in the face and tell me or try to control what I think is best for my kids, he said. That's unacceptable. And again, it's just opting your child out of this. Education Committee Minority Chairwoman Lindsay Williams of Pittsburgh said during a voting meeting last week that the bill undermines school libraries and the licensed staff that manages them as a safe space for students who feel ostracized. Now listen to those two arguments. And again, we're talking about sexually explicit books, some that include graphic depictions or descriptions of oral and anal sex. Is that controversial? Is that undermining school libraries or the licensed staff that manages them as a safe space for students who feel ostracized? So it's a safe space to have that material available to kids, and you as a parent don't have a say in that? And again, this doesn't remove that material. All this says is that it prevents your child from having that material. We've uh, truly lost our ways. Uh, Parenting needs to get their rights back. We are the primary educators and caregivers of our children, regardless of what the government wants to tell you, regardless of what unions want to tell you, regardless of what anyone wants to tell you. You are your child's keeper. End of story. That's it. It's plain and simple. The schools, the teachers are just assets that we pay through our tax dollars to do those things. We mitigate those duties to our public school systems. It's as simple as that. That's all the education system is. They're not making the decisions for us. We make the decisions. We are mitigating our education through our tax dollars to our local public schools. 
And the second that they think they're more powerful than us or their word means more than ours, we need to start reining in that power again and maybe check their egos. It's uh, 343 here at WILK, and that goes for all entities. I'm not just focusing on education. I mean government as a whole. It's 343 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 346, 75 degrees and sunny outside. Enjoy that sun. Enjoy the last of the days. It looks like Sunday. It's turning around back to normal, dreary fall weather in Pennsylvania, especially northeast Pennsylvania. Well, on the 41st day of the strike, the United Auto Workers has reached a tentative deal with Ford Motor Company. About 20,000 Ford workers at the Kentucky truck plant, Chicago assembly plant, and Fort Wayne assembly plant will return to work while the agreement goes through the ratification process, with the UAW National Ford Council convening in Detroit to review the agreement. Ford is... uh, you know, proud to assemble the most vehicles in America and employ the most hourly auto workers. We are focused on restarting the Kentucky truck plant, Michigan assembly plant, and Chicago assembly plant, calling 20,000 Ford employees back to work. Ford also laid off nearly 3,000 employees related to the strike. The company did not say when those workers will be recalled, but it's expected uh, in the short term to be so. UAW President Sean Fain and UAW Vice President Chuck Browning shared the agreement details in a video. For months, we've said that record profits mean record contracts, and UAW family, our stand-up strike has delivered. What started at three plants at midnight in September 15th has become a national movement. He said, we won things nobody thought possible since the strike began. Ford put a 50% more on the, Ford put 50% more on the table than when we walked out. This agreement sets up a new path to make things right at Ford, so the big three across the country, auto workers. The agreement grants 25% in base wage increase through April 2028 and will cumulatively raise the top wage by more than 30% to more than $40 an hour and raise the starting wages by 68% to over $28 an hour. The lowest paid workers at Ford will see a raise of more than 150% over the life of the agreement, with some workers receiving an immediate 85% increase upon ratification. The, uh, the agreement reinstates major benefits lost during the Great Recession, including cost of living allowances and a three-year wage progression and ending union wage tiers. It also improves retirement for current retirees, those workers with pensions and 401k plans. It also includes the right to strike over plant closures, the first for the union. Now, this comes into play with the electric vehicles, the EVs, because uh, the auto workers are concerned that plants will be shut down because EVs aren't going in the direction they'd like them to go in as fast as they'd like them to go into. But it's definitely a win for the auto workers. A lot of that costs will probably be passed on to us, but we'll see what happens. But it appears that uh, Ford has reached an agreement with the UAW. It's time for the Bloomberg Money Minute. We'll be back after this. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 354, 75 degrees and sunny outside. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. Let's go to the phone. We have uh, Joe from the Back Mountain on the UAW. Joe. 
Yeah, how you doing? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I got you. Okay, Rob. Uh, here, I, unless I'm missing something, I, I, that's a nice settlement they got, but uh, I, I don't know how you're going to make it in the, make up those kind of costs for labor uh, with, in the EV marketplace right now. Even Tesla's had to cut their prices three or four times. And, and, and if anybody wants an EV, they're going to want – what I'm seeing is most people want a higher-end EV. They want a Tesla. They want a Porsche. They want a BMW. Ford traditionally was middle America. You could buy a nice combustion engine car, you know, reliable little box to get around in for 25000 20 to 25000 I don't see them making a reliable EV car for that kind of price. Unless they have some kind of technology pending that, you know, uh, we don't know about yet, I just don't see that their cost of operation coming down that low, that they can keep the clientele that they've had through the, through the decades uh, with EV cars. I, you know where I'm going here? Yeah, no doubt. If you look at the best-selling cars in America now, they are the Ford F-150 trucks. They're the bigger, larger SUVs, the more expensive vehicles. That's what's driving the market, and that's what has yeah. been selling more and more each and every year. So if they try to replace that with what you're seeing, even lower-end EV cars, they're not going to have that same profit margin. It's going to cost them more. Replacements are going to cost more. You know, the the charging stations, you know, just, even if you pay the $30,000 and you get a rebate, whatever, you still have to put in some sort of charging station into your house. Um, yeah, I, I don't sure. see it sustaining, which is why the UAW is smart in this. They said that they can, if a plant, if a single plant is closed, they can strike everywhere for oh, that God, single plant. Strike, but, what, but what good is it going to do? You're right back to square one where you're at right now. I, I you know, I, I mean, I'm, we're going to have to sit it out and watch for the next four years until 2028 and see how this works out for four. But, uh, you know, the stock is, is down right now. It's down to like, I, I don't know, I think it's like $12, $13 a share. Uh, it, you know, Tesla is over $200. And I know they just took a hit on their earnings and everything, their earnings report. But still, they're, you know, they're, they're capitalized at over 200 bucks a share. You're talking iconic Ford is trading for like $12, $13 a share. I, I don't see where they're going to sell all these EV cars to start putting I don't see uh, investors and shareholders putting up with it. You know, it might be great for the union. I don't think it's great for shareholders. I'm looking at the market right now, and Ford Ford is the lowest it's been in five years. Yep. Right now, yep. the Ford stock. Yep. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I don't see how investors are going to stay with them, e even when they thought, well, I can get a cheap, you know, hey, I like the company. I would like to own it, too. But, you know, I, what, what's your upside? You know, when people can throw some money at Tesla and have it go up 20 bucks overnight, you know, which it does. It'll, it's volatile. It'll go down twenty dollars too, but it'll also run up twenty, thirty, fifty dollars in in a, in a week. Now Ford's not going to do that, and I, I don't know where the, what, what these UAW uh, representatives are thinking, and I don't know what the CEOs are thinking uh, caving in on this contract. You know, unless they're going to spend a lot of money on robotics and cut jobs, and then they're going to strike anyway. So you're back to square one. These are just my thoughts. I mean, I'm no expert, but you know. Some of the things I've been watching and seeing. So yeah, in the, in the past in the past ten years, I'm looking at the Ford stock now. In uh, June 1st of 2015, it was at 0.67. 
It's at 0.72 now, so it hasn't been this low since uh, June 1st of 2015. Wow. Uh, you know, when, when we have a high of 2.9 in June of and, 2021. And the, other, the, other fact, the other factor is, and you know it, and I know it right now, is the economy. If the economy was raging again, I would say, okay, maybe they're going to put enough money. There's going to be enough money in people's pockets to go out and buy an EV, even a mid-priced one. But right now, you know, no matter what they say about Biden, it's not working. Yeah. We're all I, feeling it, but unfortunately, there's there's callers out there, listeners out there that call in each day and said they're they're happy with, with the way things are going. I don't see how. Well, but they must. Well, they must have uh, an income flow, a cash flow in their life that it's easy for them to absorb the shocks. But most people don't. A lot of people are working two and three jobs again. They are. Uh, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't I, see it know. being sustainable. I mean, we'll see where this goes in the long run, but. You know, they, yep. they see the, the EV destruction coming into the auto industry, and they're trying to plan for it, but I think it's going to smack them back in the head when uh, when it all comes to I, fruition. I, if I was Ford and GM, if I was a, a, in leadership there, I would be trying to push hydrogen or natural gas and, and a different or ammonia, a different engine. All of the above. Fuel, a different fuel that are clean, that are clean, and it's easy to transition, much easier than transitioning to electric. This is the left. This is the left again. Destroy, like Dennis Prager says, they destroy everything they touch, and they're destroying the auto industry. In All right, Joe, we're going to have to leave it there. I'm up against the top of the hour. Right. Thanks for checking in. It is uh, four o'clock here on WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell show after this.